Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Medicine Forward, a grassroots impact network elevating the voice of physician change leaders. Medicine Forward is dedicated to creating a brighter future for healthcare by fostering collaboration, innovation, and positive change within the medical community. With a strong commitment to improving the human patient physician relationship, Medicine Forward brings together forward thinking physicians, healthcare leaders, and change makers to tackle the most pressing challenges in healthcare today. Their initiatives span advocacy, education, and community engagement, all driven by the shared goal of creating a healthier and more equitable healthcare system. As a trusted sponsor of our podcast, Medicine Forward exemplifies their mission to promote meaningful dialogue, facilitate interdisciplinary collaboration, and inspire innovative solutions for a healthier world. We're honored to have Medicine Forward as a partner in our journey to explore the latest developments and insights in healthcare. To learn more about Medicine Forward and their work, visit their website at medicineforward.org. Join us in supporting this remarkable organization as they continue to drive positive change and transformation in healthcare. Welcome to the Ripple of Change podcast, Searching for Our Quadruple Aim, where we highlight, celebrate, and extol others creating positive change in healthcare and beyond. And since we've had a change of format, I guess I can pretty much have on the show whoever I want, uh, which is also kind of a fun twist. (laughs) So in addition to that, we want to make sure that we include fellowship and also talk about leading with laughter and love, because all too often that's missing in today's world. I am your host, Dr. Todd R. Otten, previously known as Dr. Rotten to some of my patients. And today's topic is, how can we use tangible items or tangible things to turn around our healthcare system, or even tangible ideas, I suppose? And I'm joined by two wonderful human beings today, my co-host, Renaissance man, brother-in-law, Benjamin Neville, and Jennifer Thietz a nurse extraordinaire who I recently met and we had a beautiful conversation. So I'm thrilled to have the two of them join me today. Before we get started, just a little bit about Ben. Uh, Ben has worked in healthcare and public health related fields for the better part of 15 years. And he's actually felt the acute sting of burnout firsthand as he found himself in a number of group homes, assisted living facilities, neuro rehab centers, and ended up working double shifts because of coworker fatigue and burnout. This perspective guides him in the manager director level roles he fulfills today. And in every setting he occupies, the primary goal is to build a workforce culture centered around supporting the employee as much as the patient slash client. I'm not gonna lie, Ben, when I read this, I was just, I, I probably hit both ends of the spectrum in terms of frustrations you felt in the past, but also, the the learning taken away from this and how you could use that experience to make it better better for other people in the healthcare space and so if you want before we inter- introduce Jen I'd love for you to just say maybe a couple words about that experience yeah of course and thank you Todd for having me on and uh, can't wait to get to talk a little bit more with Jen here and and yeah your your work the quadruple aim and a lot of work that kind of focuses on burnout. I know that's the conversation we're going to kind of have today. When you, it just is a different feeling, feeling it, right? And when you go to work at a place, um, mine tended to be 
some religious affiliation. There's like a vocational sense that people are there just pouring themselves into the job. And sometimes you don't feel like that's reciprocated, right? And, and sometimes it's as simple as a thank you. Um, but in the course, in the midst of the chaos, you kind of forget almost those social things that we were taught as kids, right? And those little things that make us still feel, feel human in the workplace. Um, and as technology and everything gets brought in, that, like, I, that is something that worries me. So it really is as simple as a thank you. And not that I've got it all figured out, right? But I figured out a handwritten thank you note for Christmas, birthdays, being on top of that stuff changes really how the workplace kind of operates and flows. And so it's like those little tricks and things that I learned and, and yeah, it's been really hard. And I, I had had some hard conversation, I think with myself about, you know, my own health as it relates to you pouring yourself out right into others and then your family and those other obligations and leaving a little bit of that pie slice left for you. So, um, so yeah, it's a lifelong journey though. Right. And so I'm interested in learning some tools here today, how I can better myself and then hopefully employees and people I manage. That is wonderful. I, I I appreciate you sharing that with us, Ben. And if you would, I'd love to have you now introduce uh, Jen, and then hopefully for the rest of the show, I'll mainly just shut up and crack jokes and hopefully get some smiles out of everybody. <laughs> up to you, Ben. Yeah. No, thank you, Todd. Yeah. And Jen, I just kind of want to throw it like just open end to you. I, I got a chance to familiarize a little bit of your work um, and kind of your ethos and philosophy, but I guess just maybe for the audience at large, right, that maybe isn't as familiar. If you could just kind of talk about some key takeaways that you would hope readers gain um, from a number of your books, especially I'm really interested in the new work you're coming out with Nurses Matter and talking about that movement. So I'll kind of give you that open space. Uh, yeah, let us learn a little bit more. Great. Thank you, Ben. So it's a, it's a real pleasure to be here today. Um, we talk about burnout and um, I'm one of the nurses that has also experienced burnout. I've been a registered nurse for over 34 years now. Um, I started off in, in South Africa, worked there for 18 years and then moved to the States, worked in California for 18 years. Um, and the majority of my time has been at the bedside. And I've really seen um, how healthcare has changed. Um, it's, it's incredible. Um, and uh, what I've seen that, that worries me the most, I think, is that nurses are now working in conditions that are completely um, unsustainable. I think the majority of nurses are extremely stressed. They come to work, they are um, very task oriented, they have a hundred things to do, they have to put their heads down and work until the end of the day. Um, and I think a lot of the connectivity that we used to have, you know, when we were together as a group and helping out each other out, I think that's gone um, to a large extent. Um, and so I've written this book um, in my, and my goal for writing this book, Nurses Matter, is to really try and help nurses to empower nurses to change their current work environments, where I think the, the main cause of the breakdown in healthcare is happening. Um, and that's in, in hospitals, certainly at the bedside. I'm, I may jump in on this one for just a second. I am thrilled to hear about empowering our colleagues to, I don't know, take a stand's the right word, but it, to a large extent, it probably is. You know, the, some of the nursing ratios and nursing home ratios are, are frankly appalling. And, and that needs to change. And there's so many, so many safety concerns that are around that as well. 
so I, I too am excited to to read your book. Um, and I've already made a plug to get a signed copy. So I'm going to have to make that happen. <laughs> you are so welcome, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will, say, I will say I'm starting to have this stack of signed books that it's probably going to take me a few years to get to. Uh, uh, sorry, back back to you, Ben. Sorry about that. No, no, no. And if someone signs the book, you have to read it, right? Yeah, you can't uh, not read it. So I guess as you're explaining all of this, my, my mind just kind of jumps to a kind of a couple different places. And, you know, the one thing that sadly, I'm like forced to come to grips with, especially more as in a managerial role, you're like, but where's the money come from to make this kind of movement happen? So is as Todd was pointing out, is this movement less about like restructuring kind of financials around the healthcare system and more like giving specific nurses tools, um, yeah, for collaborating and getting together and kind of unifying their voices? Or if you can maybe speak a little bit more about that, if you give us a little sneak peek of the book. Okay, well, so just to start off, we, we're looking at nurses being about 80% of the healthcare working population in the States. Um, and nurses touch 90% of patients. So when we're looking at that, that amount um, of nurses working with patients every day, what happens to nurses is critical. Um, and I think it's a ripple effect. Um, we have nurses obviously working with physicians, with um, insurance companies, with all of the other health personnel in the hospital. Um, and so it, it's, I think that if we can work um, at improving how nurses work, um, we will be changing healthcare because they, they are 80% of the workforce. And so um, I know a lot of um, healthcare um, concerns at this point are related to, to financial um, aspects uh, of running um, big organizations. And I don't for a minute um, pretend to be um, an expert, but I believe if we bring an auxiliary um, help to help nurses on the floor, um, I think what will happen is we will be able to retain more nurses and, and by retaining more nurses, we're going to be able to um, cost, cost, you know, cost um, save um, for, for the, the organization in general. So the, my book is really focused on empowering nurses with a new nurse model, um, with a um, self-help program as well, which is not not specifically like um, the other self-help programs. There's a slight difference in mine. Um, and then um, the importance of uh, adapting to change, which is what nurses are going through and, and physicians and every other healthcare per, uh, person at the moment is just being able to adapt to the change um, and keep going, be be resilient. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's incredibly beautiful. And that might I just add, I should have said that nurses do freaking rock. Every time, <laughs> I've been, unfortunately, right after the last, and uh, Todd can laugh because he's married to one. And it, but when you go, and sadly, we've had family go through some issues, healthcare issues, and you spend long days, sometimes months, in a hospital setting. And it's those nurses that you build that you know rapport with, and not and not to say that right the doctors or the port and the importance of the work, right? But that's who you see, and that's who you're interacting with them um, in those spaces. Right. So. Um, I, I am interested in that self-help aspect. So the book would give kind of a tools to kind of like inward, maybe reflect or work on oneself and kind of equip oneself then with tools to navigate the new age, as you say. 
right? So Ben, you bring in such a good point here. So I think why nurses tend to um, have so much compassion fatigue and burnout is because they are with a set of patients for eight to 12 hours a day. I think other healthcare providers, a patient will come in and say they come and see Todd, they'll come in and see Todd um, for half an hour, 50 minutes, depending on what the, the time is, and then um, and the new patient will come in. Whereas nurses, you have an assignment in the morning and you don't get to leave those patients if you have a, a you know, until the end of your shift. So you, you are really spending your entire day with a group of patients. And the majority of these patients are wonderful. And um, that's why we nurse, because we love people. But then you do have your challenging patients, you have your challenging families, and you have the suffering that you see. And there's, there is no, it's not like you get to a point where you can say now, you know, I have to have a break. I've got to leave Mrs. Smith. I, I can't watch her dying. I've got to go out and do something. You don't get to have that, that um, opportunity. You're there until the end of the shift. And um, I think that is why why nurses are slightly different from other healthcare providers is because of the length of time we spend with patients. Um, so that, you know, that that's something that that I realize more and more now um, as I'm talking with with other nurses on the floor, as I'm talking with physicians and nurse leaders. And then, sorry, you brought up um, self-care. So um, it's, you know, self-care is is so, so important for, for every person, I believe. And obviously for physicians, um, um, you know, probably, you know, more than anybody because they really have to be um, on their top game every time they see a new patient. There's no relaxing. You've got to be using your brain and, and your interpersonal skills all day. Um, and so I think when it comes to self-care, What's been important for me is, is um, obviously the physical aspect of it, exercise, stress reduction, the mental side of it, spirituality. But then another very important part is paying it forward. Um, and so that's mm. that just being, being able to actually um, help um, the people at work and support other nurses because that's what we need. I mean chime in here for just a second because I think this conversation is absolutely fascinating because we're hitting – many components of the healthcare system just in this in the, with the three of us talking right you know we've got a physician we've got a nurse we've got someone who's been in management someone who's supervised patient care technicians and we've all seen the struggles that those different groups have had so th these issues are ubiquitous and and i think ultimately to get some of the biggest change which is probably going to need to occur at the highest levels with you know with policy change and and reform and things of that nature we've got to connect these disparate groups and have a unified voice for change uh and personally i think it's coming so uh stay tuned uh, um, love um, it. Love uh, yeah it. exactly um uh, I joke that I, I'm not going to shut up till I see things are improved. You know, and frankly, I, I, I don't want to leave our system as it is for my kids. I, nice. I just, I can't see that. You know, and I, I, I hear from my colleagues over and over and over. I wouldn't tell my kids to to go to medical school, and frankly, at this point, I wouldn't either, probably. Um, and that would have been a different answer ten years ago. Let me, I'm going to break this up for just a second, and we're going to do a ripple challenge question, um, which you may or may not ben, be. You can't uh, see Ben. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's ready for it. Let's go, yeah. Uh, ben, do, do you have one you want to go with, or do you want me to fire away here? No, or? no, no, no I, I, I go away. I love, I love activities and games. So Very good. Yeah. All right, so then I'm going to ask this to the both of you. Um, we'll go to Ben first, and then Jen will come to you, all right? You ready? Deal. 
Monopoly or Scrabble? Scrabble. Any particular reason why? Uh, my wife, I enjoy beating my wife at Scrabble. And, <laughs> it, <laughs> and it's because she is, she's a professor in a college of education with a particular focus on English education. So she knows infinitely way more words than I do. But where the real battle takes place is her knowledge of words versus my knowledge of strategy. And it makes for a quite a fun game. Um, so I don't always win, but it feels like the win is well earned. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and Jen, how about you? Um, I think I would go with Scrabble too. And the reason is I'm terrible at Monopoly. I'd love to be good and win, <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> I never, I never manage it. So I'll stick to Scrabble. Yeah. And I enjoy Scrabble. Fair enough. I think I, I might say Monopoly, but that possibly could change on the given day. And uh, I, I, I'll give a shout out to uh, Ben's wife, Mary. She actually was the uh, chief editor for Ripple of Change. And so, ah, yeah, excellent. yeah, so closes another loop there. Yeah. Um, ben, I'd, I'd like to maybe go back to your experience that you had before. And I'm curious, you know, in, in your work, did you have an opportunity, and, and maybe, maybe not, to interact with physicians and or nurses that you saw that were struggling? Or did that ever, did that ever come up? Oh, yeah. So I particularly in one of the settings, I worked at a neuro rehabilitation center. So like acute post hospital rehabilitation, so we had nurses on staff, and we didn't have many. And we if we had one, they were like a savior for a short period of time. And then because of pay, it always felt like or burnout, whatever the reasons were, we could never keep them, you know, very long. And there's always like kind of institutional people that do stay. So we had like the one nurse that's been there for 20 years, and she's not going to be going anywhere, but for whatever reason, we couldn't get people to stick um, in those roles. And you talk to them and you're, you're at a tech. I was at the tech at a time. I'm making like $12 an hour giving people medication. And I'm just like, this does not feel like I am qualified, even after three weeks of you know school and testing for this, that I'm the one giving the majority of the care. We're following a scripted plan from the physician. The nurses come in to supervise us. But most of the time, you know, they're spent with rehabilitation techs. And unfortunately, if you're not paying people very well, some people make some not great decisions when caring for others. And that, that was probably the hardest thing to see was to see the patients ultimately suffer because the employees were burnt out. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, sad, but sad, but true, I suppose. And I, and I know you had a, uh some questions you wanted to get to regarding writing, I believe. So why don't we, uh, yeah. why don't we pivot to that? Yeah. 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 And, um, so Jen, I'm very, so I like, I like to write myself, but never have I kind of fully realized the book or anything like that. So it, for you and Todd both, I mean, I, if I were you, I'd just rest my laurels, like you said, and maybe part of it's you paying it back. Um, but you're both very accomplished individuals. And so most people in those instances would just like not write the book or do anything beyond and challenge themselves in that way. So I'm really curious about yeah your writing journey. Like what was that that spark? And it might have been like an accumulation of moments stacking up. But was there like that one instance that pushed you really over the ledge into writing? And then kind of from there, I just really curious about the creative process. Um, oh, yeah, what a great! Open what a, to you both, yeah. That, that is such a great question, Ben. So the first thing I want to do is I just want to give a shout out to Todd um, and to Joshua. I've, I've read the book that you've written, Todd, with Joshua. 
Um, and it really is um, an extremely impactful book. Um, I think it gives such insight um, from the physician side and from the patient side. So I think if you really want a, a truly holistic view of what is happening in healthcare, you need to get Todd's book. Um, it, it, it is really one of, one of the best books I've, I've read, um, in one of the best medical books I've read. So a shout out to Todd. Um, and then when it comes to actually writing, so I, I wrote a book in 2016. Um, it was for cancer patients. It was called, it's called Navigating Your Cancer Journey. I was working full time. I, I got this thing, Ben. I just thought, I have so much information that I'm giving my patients every day. What happens if I wrote a book? And then I, the patients would have all that info in one place. And so I went ahead. It took me, five, it took me sorry, six months. Um, I sat down the first day and wrote 5,000 words. It just poured out of me. It was the most amazing experience. Um, and and um, and and AZ, one of the one of the um, companies is now using it. But with this book, oh my gosh, I battled the last. It's taken me about nine months to write. It was it was really hard. There was a lot of research involved, um, and I think it's it's almost like there's something in you that you can't rest until it's out. And I don't know if Todd, if you've mm. had something felt similar. It's you know it's something that it's that you you need to do. It's like a driving force. Um, I think writers will write, and I think I've, I've been writing my whole life since I was little, and so this was just part of, of the, the whole creative process in my life, was to get this book out, and I'm so glad I've done it, and I'm so glad it's finished. <laughs> so you will yeah, yeah, agree sure. with me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd love to jump in there a little bit, it, because I, I agree. It, it was like getting it out. It, you know, when I started writing, really, it was kind of at the two years after going through pretty significant burnout and the writing became cathartic, very cathartic for me. Um, you know, the first full chapter I wrote was called anatomy of burnout. And, and that's really where I kind of bared my soul, how I felt in the process. But then once Joshua got involved, it became, it, it almost had a life of its own with the two of us going back and forth and mm -hmm. toggling and, and having ideas and reframing things and moving things around. Um, and we both have said we felt like we were kind of being guided, you know, from above. Um, and, and for me, it was a labor of love, too, right? Like, I have three big whys as to why I'm doing what I'm doing now. The the burnout, um, suicides of my colleagues, unfortunately, but then also the frustration of patients that is, that is ubiquitous, which is really driving me to want to make change. And... I, I think the interesting part of it for me is like it's the same with Ben. I'm not like a grammar expert. And so I, I would <laughs> me neither. But for, but for those wanting to write, just get it out there. There's people that can help you with that that part of it and you know put the the semicolons in the right place or the commas or take this out or move it around. And the other really fascinating part of it, I would say, is really the best feedback I got. I don't know about you, Jen, were the hardest questions. Yeah. the hardest questions I, I, did you feel the same i did i did and i think the reason is that you really have to go internally when you get when you get presented with a question like that um it's it's you know you you go inside of yourself and and it's a real it's a it's a reflection on a level that i don't normally do and so yes um i it was it was a it, i think writing a book does change you and i think it's very therapeutic certainly it was for me 
um, when I started writing Nurses Matter, I was I was quite hot under the collar because I was seeing so much. Being at the bedside and working in the hospital during mm -hmm. COVID, I really did see um, about, I, I saw what was going on and it worried me deeply and it frustrated me. Um, and so the, it, the book, as I worked through it, I was able to come to terms with how I was coping with my own burnout, what I was seeing on the floors, what I was hearing from my nurses. Um, and it was extreme, it was very, very helpful. Um, and so I'm at a much better place than I was in, in 21. In 2021, I was burnt out. I mean, I, I, I stopped feeling. And I think when a nurse stops feeling, uh, you know, then you can't nurse anymore. You've, you've got to have, there must be empathy to nurse. Um, and so that was why I, I left uh, my job in 22 um, and uh, wrote this book. And um, I'm feeling so much better in many, in many, you know, many aspects. I'm still involved in nursing and um, will continue to um, be involved, but not at the bedside. Mm -hmm. Jen, uh, did uh, the second book, this book you're writing now, is it a little bit more difficult to write because there was more of, your own personal, I guess, journey yes. wrapped up in, in that versus yep. your first is a cancer patient journey, which you obviously is a very difficult process as a nurse to go through, but it's a little bit different, right? Where COVID, you're going through it as a nurse and seeing it first. So was that part of why that writing process was more difficult? Yep, Ben, you're entirely right. Um, you know, I, the first book I wrote for oncology patients and caregivers. Um, and so I was seeing it as a, as you know, from my side of things, um, as a medical provider, and I didn't have burnout in 2016. You know, now with this book, I've gone through burnout. I've seen what's been going on. I was in, you know, in the hospital during COVID. Um, I have deep, deep, deep respect for nurses and for physicians and for anybody that's out there. You know, environmental um, services. I just have the best. I'm. As I say, I some, sometimes I think to myself, we walk among giants and angels because uh, unless you're actually there to see what happens, um, I don't think uh, people, I don't think the public realizes just how worthy and courageous and incredible these people are. Um, and it's a, it's a real privilege to be a nurse. That is, that is inspirational. I, 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 you know, and it speaks to the hour, why we, why we decided to say our quadruple aim, because Joshua and I felt very strongly that if a good majority of people started to speak up and, and advocate for change, that we really could move the needle uh, in this space. That is, that is just beautiful. Um, I did want to make sure that I hit a couple uh, plugs for the both of you, I suppose. Uh, but before I do that, Ben, and I'm going to offer it up, Ben, did you want to ask another question before I maybe jump to another Ripple challenge question, some plugs, and then some final statements? Uh, no, uh, but I'll just reiterate. Um, it, it is just beautiful sharing the space with both of you and just, yeah, getting to know Todd always a little bit better. And Jen, it's nice to meet you. Just like Todd said, that some of the words just I'm going to walk away and it's going to make me feel tingly, you know, the rest of the day and probably make me think, okay, what am I going to do to kind of pay it forward to show my gratitude, right? To those. Yeah. So thank you. Um, Todd, I was going to ask you to rank your, um, rank your in-laws from one to 10. No, oh, Lord have mercy. No, 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 I'm listening. You said laughter, so that was the uh, the laughter I came up with. Oh, that that would be a great quiz, though, right? Like I could rank them and say who actually knows who actually knows where they rank as long as long as I'm number one. As long as I'm number one, that's all that matters. Oh, that's that's so good. I love that. I love that. All right. Um, 
So why don't we do uh, the one more Ripple Challenge question, and then I'm going to do the plugs, and then maybe some final comments, and, and we'll sign off here. All right, we'll go to Jen first here. Nemo or Dory? Nemo. Because he's so he's so cute. <laughs> and I love his character, and I love the fact that he's curious, and he's out there. And, um, yeah, I love Nemo. So, perfect. yes, perfect. Nemo it is. Perfect, perfect. How about you, Ben? Oh, tough question. Um, it's like LeBron or Jordan. Um, <laughs> let's see. I, I, do, I think it's, I think it's Nemo. Dory's close and why it resonates is Todd's youngest daughter, Natalie loves those fish movies. And I even remember her wearing the Nemo outfit to like <laughs> dinner. <laughs> so those resonate, those nice fond memories probably push Nemo over the top. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to take the other side here. I'll say Dory. And, and I think this is a shout out to Joshua's wife, Megan, uh, for her part in the book, which I think was just as important as the two of us in terms of sharing her story with her epilepsy and and some of the struggles that she had. All right. So we got a plug for Ben here. Um, the holidays are a time when people might be interested in making a donation to some good causes. Ben is currently employed for an organization called Border Servant Corps. They are a nonprofit shelter for asylum seekers in Las Cruces, New Mexico. BSC pride themselves on providing the majority of their services to women and children. Go to borderservantcore.org to learn more and donate. And for Jen, her book is coming out in January of 2024, I believe, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong. And as we've discussed, it's focused on empowering nurses in the workplace. It includes a new nurse model and how to start a Nurses Matter movement where we can transform healthcare together. And Jen, I just wanted to make sure I had the date correct and where can everybody find your book? Okay, thank you, Todd. So it's coming out on the 30th of January and um, it'll be on Amazon, it'll be at Ingrid Sparks. Um, and so that that's where you'll find it, yeah. And I'm very, very excited. Wonderful. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to have the both of you. And don't forget, if you want a copy of Ripple, <clears throat> excuse me, Ripple of Change, go to ourquadrupleaim.com. Uh, and then, Jen, I'm going to let you have the final thought here if you'd like to share. Oh, there's Ben holding it up. I love He's it. He's got it. Go. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great book. Get it, everybody. <laughs> oh, the, you guys are too kind. I appreciate it. Jen, any final words of wisdom you'd like to impart to our audience? Yeah, I would just like to say that we belong to an incredible tribe in healthcare. I do think that we are um, some of the most courageous people there are in the world. And I think what we do every day really, really matters. Um, I think if we come together and work towards transforming healthcare, we can do it. We need the numbers. Uh, we need millions of us to stand together and that's possible. Um, and so, again, it's just been a real, real pleasure, Todd and Ben. Thank you very much. And I sit with, with wonderful people like you who are healthcare, in healthcare, um, and so many others. And I think together we can change the world. That is beautiful. And I think we'll end with what positive ripple of change will you make today? Grab your copy today. Ripple of Change is available in hard, soft, and ebook formats. More information at www.ourquadrupleaim.com. 
Thanks for listening. And let's turn ripples into waves of lasting change. Stay tuned to this podcast as we search for examples of our quadruple aim.